This Student Ministry 127 podcast is a sermon preached by Pastor Josh Ermler at the 2011 West Coast Baptist Teen Camp. Pastor Ermler has been serving as the Senior Pastor of Ambassador Baptist Church in Fresno, California since 2008, and he is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. When I was about seven or eight years old, um, I used to do something to get money, and we would go with my family, and we'd go collect cans. Any of you guys ever did that? You know, like soda cans that says, hey, they're worth five cents if you turn them back in or whatnot. And so me and my brothers, we would go, and we'd literally go around the neighborhood. We'd go to different places on our bikes, literally collecting cans. We'd get all the cans we could, and then we'd take them. We'd redeem them in. And I remember one year, we bought season passes. Uh, to Magic Mountain and that way we for an entire year we could go to the Magic Mountain ride the rides it was a great time but we did that through being able to uh, get these cans and I remember on one particular occasion my dad drove us out to a large lake like a reservoir of sorts and uh, we were looking for cans and we were kind of collecting those so we could raise some money and we were walking on the top of this ridge and it was it was pretty high and way down below on one side was where the reservoir the lake's started and on the other side it just kind of went and into a bunch of gravel and we're walking up there kind of looking for different cans and uh, as we were walking along I looked down and I saw something glimmer you know the sun hit something and I I thought man I think I think we've got a can down there and of course you know cans back then were, were like worth three pennies or four pennies and if you get enough of them you get a lot of money and so I remember I began to look down and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go down and and get that can now it wasn't straight down but it was really steep, and as a seven or eight-year-old, I wasn't very good at navigating my way down one of these steep inclines, and, and so I just basically began to kind of slowly jog toward where that can was. What I didn't realize, however, was how steep it really was, and as I was running down toward that can, all of a sudden I realized, man, I was kind of getting some momentum, and it was getting to the place very quickly that I was realizing I couldn't stop, and I'm running down this mountain, I'm running, that can's coming closer and closer and closer, and my head's kind of leaning forward, and I thought, man, I'm about to fall, and so all I could do is keep running faster and keep running faster, and pretty soon that can just passed me up, and all I'm trying to do is just hang on for dear life, you know, because I didn't want to, you know, fall. I've got moving so fast, literally, my face just kind of planted right into that gravel, and I remember my entire side of face just getting all scraped up and all scratched up, and I remember sitting there thinking to myself, why in the world did I do that for a stupid can, you know, it's going to be worth like three cents, man, blood's coming down everywhere, I was just messed up, and uh, you know, the truth is this, there are things in life that at first we think, ooh, that would be fun. Man, that man! If I could just get there, that would that I could. Man, that would that's that's a little valuable. I'd like to have that. And so we start moving in that direction, thinking, "Ah, it's no big deal. You know, I'll be able to stop anytime that I want. I'll be able to, you know, keep moving at any point." But what we don't realize is when we begin to head in a direction. And momentum begins to take over. Pretty soon before we realize it, we are moving at such a fast rate in a direction. And when, by, by the time it comes that we want to stop, we can't. And the only way to get this is just face planting it, basically. We come to a place in our lives where we're hurt. We've hurt others. We've hurt our heart. Because we didn't gauge how far this path might take us. 
When it comes to this thing of entertainment, when it comes to this thing of amusement in our lives, can I say this? As young teenagers, we need to be very, very careful. And I want to talk for just a moment regarding some of the different aspects here of what I'm going to refer to today as modern media. You see, the enemy is using modern media to wage war on your generation. And I want to ask you this question, okay? This, This is the question I want to throw out this morning. Are you, as a young teenager, are you fighting this culture war or are you joining them? I know a lot of teenagers that say, you know what, it's on TV, it's on the internet, it's on this, you know, there's nothing you can do about it and we just allow it into our hearts and our lives. And then there are other teenagers that say, you know what, I'm going to take a stand for God. And we're going to look at three aspects today of modern media. I want you to notice, first of all, the sources of modern media, all right? So if you're taking notes, just jot that down real quick. The sources of modern media, all right? And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the sources of modern media and where does modern media come? from? Where do we get our entertainment from? And I know you guys are smart. Can you give me any ideas of some of the places that we get our entertainment from at home? How many, how many of you want to raise your hand and kind of give me maybe some of the sources right here? What's that? The internet. Yes, that's a good way. There's a lot of modern media that comes from the internet, all right? And so computers, internet is one source of modern media. What's another one? Video games, all right, and whether it's an Xbox or the Wii or whatever the case may be. And now, I'm not saying that all of this is bad, and I want you to be careful that you don't under, misunderstand me. And I'm not, we're going to talk about this in a moment. We're not saying that everything that comes from the Internet or everything that comes from a game soul station is bad or wicked. Right now, we're just trying to identify some of the sources of where this media comes from, all right? What's another one? Encyclopedia, that, that could be good. I know there's some on the you know, computers and things like that. But modern media, this, that is, what are some of the places? Video games, internet, cable, television is a huge source for modern media and the world, the culture. Man, it just sends so much modern information, modern media from that. Man, one of the most basic ones hasn't even been hit yet. I mean, I think a lot of us have these in our homes. What is that? Cell phones, yeah, that is very true. In fact, I don't even have that in my notes because I don't even know. Man, that's, they're beating me to some of this kind of stuff. But you're absolutely right. Cell phones are a huge source of modern media in our current culture. And so I just, I, what I want to get you guys doing is thinking a little bit about where the enemy will sometimes use the devices that he'll use to kind of get some of this modern media into our lives. What's another one? Yeah, the iPods, that's very true. Cell phones, we've got uh, internet. What's another one in the back? Yeah, the radio, that's another one right here. Yeah, television, finally they got to it. That used to be like the first one people answered, and now I'm speaking to 11, 12-year-olds, and it's iPods, and it's cell phones, and it's all this kind of stuff. You know what, and you know, you're hitting a lot of these type of things. Like, I would think of a lot of maybe uh, magazines, uh, man, who really push out some of the modern media that we kind of uh, assimilate into our lives. And and I want to say this, and, and how many of you are familiar with the story in history of the Trojan horse? You ever heard the story about the Trojan horse? And Man, how they literally deceived the enemy and they were able to break into that enemy city because they built this big Trojan horse. The Trojans there built this huge wooden horse and a couple of guys got inside of it and we see there that the, the enemy let that Trojan horse into their huge walls 
And in the middle of the night, the Trojans were able to get out, open the gates, and they won the city. And you know what? Modern media works in much the same way. Here's what happens to us as teenagers. We think, okay, I've got my cell phone. We've got cable. We've got the iPods. We've got all these things. Intrinsically, in and of themselves, most of these things are not evil. They're not really, they're not moral. They're not immoral in and of themselves. We would say it this way. They are amoral. Okay? They're neither good nor bad in and of themselves. Now, that is a cell phone. If I, is this cell phone sinful or is this cell phone godly? Well, what's the answer? It's however you use it, right? If you use it for sinful purposes, it's going to be sinful. If you can use it for godly purposes, you make phone calls, give people the gospel, invite folks to church. It becomes a tool for good, okay? So these devices, the sources of modern media in and of themselves are neither evil or good. We've, it's how we use these different things. But here's what happens, and this is where we have to be careful. You guys listening? Just like the Trojans deceived their enemies into bringing that large wooden horse into their gates, so modern media works works the same way. We get a cell phone in our pocket. We get an iPod in our pocket. That thing comes into our life. The wooden Trojan horse in and of itself was not intrinsically bad. It wasn't intrinsically evil. There's nothing wrong with a big wooden horse, but it was through that wooden horse that the enemy was able to break into the city and win a battle. And I want to say it's the exact same way that the devil works. The Bible says that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Can I remind you today that you have an enemy and that enemy wants to sift you like wheat. The New Testament tells us. The enemy wants to come. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Jesus Christ said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so we see here today the sources of modern media. So they come from the internet. They come from cell phones. It comes from iPods, television, cable, video games. And all this modern media begins to seep into our life. I was reading recently in a a recent statistic that teenagers your age are now spending four to five hours injecting modern media into their lives through their iPods, through their video game systems, you know, through music, whatever the case may be, four to five hours a day, Facebook, you know, all these type of different things. And and that's just an an incredible, incredible amount of time. And we want to be careful of this modern Trojan horse that the enemy often uses to get into our lives. And then when we least suspect it, the enemy jumps out and uses it to destroy us. I saw an advertisement one time, and it was a little kid. He was sitting on the edge of his bed at the middle of the night, and there was a television there. And in the tel- this, this was the caption. This was the picture that was being shown. And in the, in the television, it was dark, and the blue light was coming from the television. And it was an advertisement. And out of the television was this demonic hand that was reaching out of it, literally trying to grab the soul of this child. 
And it was trying to visualize the picture that the enemy will often use modern media to literally try to get at our soul, to try to defile us. And the enemy uses these things a lot of times. The devil will use a lot of these devices to really, to really defile us. And so we want to talk a, bit, a little bit. We saw the sources of it. Secondly, real quickly, let's look at some of the sins of modern media. Some of the sins of modern media. So we saw the sources of modern media. But notice, secondly, the sins of modern media. We said it a moment ago. Not all modern media is intrinsically sinful, okay? There's nothing intrinsically sinful about owning a PSP, okay? There's nothing intrinsically sinful about having an iPod. It's how we, it's how we use these things, that can become sinful, that can become uh, a defilement to us. And so we're talking about this thing of amusement. Here, I want to just say a couple of things. Number one, no, the, first, the first way that oftentimes sin will seep into our life through modern media, number one, is that media lies about the consequences of sin. Modern media often lies about the consequences of sin. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes we'll watch some television shows... And can I say this, a lot of times modern media skews what we view and it gives us the impression that there are no consequences to sin. Uh, how, how, let's just put it this way. It's, it's amazing. You'll see, have you ever seen maybe you're watching television and, and I hope maybe you turn these things off, but every once in a while a beer commercial will come on. And man, there'll be these guys and they'll have their beer and their Budweiser. I, I like to call it Bud Dumber, you know. You, you don't ever see somebody like drink like 10 things and make them all wiser. It makes them a lot dumber, you know. So they got their Bud Dumber there, you know. And there they are. They're drinking it. They're looking all cool. And they're like, you know, snowboarding down a mountain, doing flips, you know, doing all this crazy cool stuff. And it's at the end, it's like, you know, Budweiser, it's so cool. I'm thinking to myself, if those guys were really drinking like that, they wouldn't be able to do those type of tricks going down a mountain they'd be like whoa what's going on you know running into trees you know getting all banged up and because you see modern media it lies about the consequences of sin it tells you hey you can sin and there's no effects you can sin and there's no consequences. You can sin and there's no repercussions from it. Media lies about the consequences of sin. And it's part of the sin that goes along with it. Can I say secondly? Modern media often doesn't call it like it is. They don't call it like it is. You say, you say what do you mean by that? They'll, they'll show teenagers getting involved in, immor- in immoral type of things. You'll say, man, there'll, there'll be a television show and this, this teenager will take these drugs and, and all of a sudden they're, they're cooler because of it and they're happier because of it and they're just so much more excited because, man, they're living the lifestyle they want to live. And yet, can I say this? I spent several years as a youth pastor and I had to counsel with teenagers that got involved in sin. I'm, I'm just here to tell you this. Those teenagers are not happier they're broken. They're broken because of that sin. They're broken because of that addiction. Um, I was, we were talking the other night, and uh, several years ago, I had the opportunity of getting a phone call. And at the phone call, there was a lady who had said, hey, I need you to come uh, visit my grandson. He's in the hospital. And I don't have time to go into all the details of this particular story. 
Um, but we went to the hospital, and long story short, um, this teenager, literally not very much older than you, uh, had been hanging out with some friends that he shouldn't have been hanging out with, and he started taking some drugs and literally got to the point where he literally just passed out at a park somewhere. They, they spent hours trying to find him. Eventually, a policeman found him. They took him to the hospital. I mean, he was like on the verge of dying. In the process, the night before, when he was hanging out with his friends, they had shaved his head. They literally, they thought it would be funny, you know. They're supposed to be friends. And they shaved his head. And then they took a large marker. And on his bald head, as he had passed out from overdosing on drugs, his quote-unquote friends had taken a large marker and put the word loser across his forehead. And it just goes to remind us of the fact that, you know what? Sin has consequences. Man, and that's what modern media does. It lies about the consequences of sin. Uh, can I say, sec- secondly, that uh, uh, modern media distorts values? It, it, gets you to th- it gets you thinking that, you know what? Everybody does this. And you'll watch television and you'll be watching some celebrity that's like 14 or 15 years old and he'll be involved in some sin or there'll be this movie and they're, they're doing this and they're doing that. And modern media wants you to believe the lie that everybody's doing it. That if, if you're not involved in this type of sin, if you're not involved in that type of sin, then you know what? You are just out of touch. You are out of reality. Because after all, everybody listens to that type of music. And everybody, you know, is involved with these type of drugs. You know, and everybody watches this type of stuff. And, and, and if you're not doing it, then you're just totally out of touch. And see, modern media lies about who is involved in these type of things. Number three, mo- modern media makes sin look a lot funner than it really is. The Bible says it this way. There is pleasure in sin for what? For a season. For a short time. For a little while. There is pleasure in sin. But the Bible says with God, there's, at his right hand are pleasures evermore. And so we want to be careful that we look at modern media and we ask ourselves, man, is this thing defiling me? We see in Psalms chapter number 100 verse 1, he said, I will set what? What does it say there? Psalms 101 verse 3. I will set what? No wicked thing before mine eyes. And guys, can I say this? Whether it's something on your cell phone, whether it's something on a television, on cable, whether it's something on the internet, We need to come to a place where we say, you know what, I'm not going to set any wicked thing before mine eyes. It was Job who said, how many of you remember the character Job in the Bible? It was Job who said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. He said, I made a promise with my eyes. How many of you have made a promise with maybe your hands or your feet? I don't know. It's not something we do a lot. I made a promise with my ears. Job says, I made a promise. I made a covenant with my eyes that I would not look, I would not lust upon a maid, a woman. He said, I promised myself I wasn't going to do that. And so see, as young people, we need to come to a place where we said, I'm not going to set any wicked thing before mine eyes. I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. I'm going to make a promise with my eyes. I'm going to make a promise with my ears. I'm going to make a promise with my mouth that, you know what? I am not going to allow, I'm not going to use these devices, these sources of modern media. I'm not going to allow these things to defile me. 
Because we see here modern media oftentimes lies about the consequences of sin. I don't know if this is going to make any sense to you, but modern media is oftentimes an emotional placebo. And you say, what in the world does that even mean? Modern media is often an emotional placebo. Here's what I mean by that, okay? There are a lot of times people who do nothing with their lives. Let me explain this to you. They're they're not living a life of doing anything great. But here's what they do. They sit in front of a television, they watch a movie, and then they get these feelings from watching a certain movie or playing a certain video game. And man, they watch a movie and here's this guy and he's climbing this mountain, he's doing all these rugged things and he gets to the top of the mountain. And man, we'll watch the movie and the movie has certain music and it makes us feel like, wow, that's so inspiring, that's so triumphant, that's so victorious, that's awesome. And we get the feelings without actually having to do anything ourselves. You watch a romance movie or a comedy or something like that, and here you start to feel because the, the producers and the directors trying to get you to feel an emotion. And so you'll feel an emotion of romance. You'll feel an emotion of love. You'll feel an emotion of infatuation without actually having to do anything yourself. And the danger in that is we raise an entire generation of people who get these emotional feelings without ever having to actually go through the process of doing anything themselves. And I'm going to say this, that's dangerous. You see, God has rewards. He gives emotional rewards. He gives spiritual rewards for those that are living for him. And can I say this? What, it's so, you know, here we got a teenager. Man, there used to be a day when a teenager would go out. Man, he'd go hiking in the woods and he'd go hunting and he'd go do something for reals. And then, man, he'd feel awesome. You know, man, I climbed this mountain. I did this. I won this sport. And it, there, there was something real and the emotion followed it. Now you can get the emotion without doing anything. And what it does is it creates a generation of laziness. Because we can get a feeling without having to do anything. And I'm just saying modern media often will get us to a place where all of a sudden we got this emotion, we got that emotion. We didn't do anything to earn it. And consequently our society suffers because we've got a generation of young people that aren't doing anything with their lives. And so oftentimes modern media can act as an emotional placebo. Can I say this? And this is really basic. Oftentimes modern media, remember, next, it's just a time waster. Okay, let's just get, you say, well, I'm, what I'm watching isn't evil. It's not like carnal. It's not like sinful. But here, here's what it is. It's just wasting time. How, how many of you, how many of you, any, any of you have a Facebook account? Anybody? Some of you, some of you on Facebook, they put your hand up. How many of you have got a television? Raise your hand. Television, you got a television. All right. How many of you, I know you're seventh, eighth grade. How many of you guys have like a cell phone? Well, just, just, okay. Put your hand down. How many of you guys got a video game console? You guys got a video game console? Okay, a lot of you have a video game console. Put your hands down. Can I, can I just say this? The Bible says that we are to redeem the time. This is a Bible verse. Redeeming the time, Ephesians chapter number five. Redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. One of the things that the enemy's trying to do with this modern media, okay, I'm not saying it's all intrinsically evil, I'm not saying it's all intrinsically bad, but what I am saying is this oftentimes the enemy uses modern media to steal away your life, 
to steal away your time. As a young person, you have tons of energy. You've got, man, you've got a lot of uh, your future in front of you. But the enemy wants you to fritter away your life on nothingness, on vanity, on things that don't matter. Can I say this? As you study history, you'll find that some of the most amazing spiritual revivals that our country went through on several occasions were actually started by teenagers. Did you know that? How many of you knew that? You want to put your hands down real quick. God uses teenagers to really, in a lot of ways, encourage adults to live for God. That's why the Apostle Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example to the believer in word and conversation and spirit and faith and charity. Okay? God says, I want you guys as teenagers, I want you to be an example to the adults. But here's what the enemy does. It. He says, you know what? I know that God can use teenagers to make a difference in the lives of adults. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to distract them. I'm going to get teenagers so focused on something that does not matter that all of a sudden they no longer have time for those things that do matter most. And it's one of the sins of modern media. Can I say the last thing uh, modern media often does? It, it, it gives the impression in a lot of different places, depending on movies and television shows, that people have been doing certain sins for a long period of time. You know, that, you know, this, you know, this thing has just been, this is, this is forever. And if you're not, if you're not involved with this sin, if you're not, if you're not, you know, with it, if you're not cool with this sin, I mean, you are so out of touch. You are so outdated. And so we have to be careful about the sins of modern media. So let's look at lastly here. Let's look at lastly. The secret to overcoming modern media, okay? If there are dangers in it, it's not all intrinsically bad, but if there are dangers in it, what is the secret to overcoming this thing, all right? We saw the sources of it. We saw the sin that could be involved in it. So what are the, what's some of the secrets, all right? If we're going to navigate here, adolescence, if we're going to be able to get through our life without setting wicked things before our eyes, whether it's on a... Uh, cell phone or whether it's on an iPod or whether it's on a television or a game console console and the enemy man he'll he'll just he'll just push it to you any way he can but how what what is some of the secrets here to overcoming this thing number one uh, the secret of the replacement principle the replacement principle number one the replacement principle says you know what I'm going to find some other things in my life to replace some of that negative unhealthy modern media in my life okay so let me ask you this. All of a sudden you find yourself and you are just spending an inordinate amount of time. You know, there you are on this video game. You say, well, the video game isn't intrinsically bad. It isn't intrinsically evil. But maybe 10 hours a day is too much. So the replacement principle would say, I need to replace that time with doing something else. So let's get interactive for a moment. What is something healthy that we could replace? What's something we could do to replace maybe so much of that intake of modern media? What's your thoughts? Sports. The one good, I love sports and here's why I love it. Because you have to actually do something. You have to actually do something, you know? It's physical, it takes character, it builds discipline. And I understand that even sports can become a god. But at least you're you're doing something. You're using your mind, you're using your body, you know? You've got to have that emotional fortitude, that character to keep going. And so maybe replacing some of that intake, that modern media intake with just sports. What are some other good things? 
Homework. Who wants to do homework? Man, that was a dumb idea. No, I'm just kidding. All right. No, yeah, we could. I mean, how many of you, let's just be honest, let's just be honest, you miss doing homework because you spend too much time, you know, on the internet or on television. You ever been there before? And uh, you, I mean, you guys are all so spiritual. Man, I am so impressed. None of you would ever do something like that because you're all just perfect students, right? Everybody's just a perfect student. Sometimes, though, sometimes if we're not careful, we're not doing the things we should be doing because we're so wrapped up in just, man, this video game. We're so wrapped up in this video or this movie or whatever the case may be. And so we're not doing the things we should be doing like homework. And I was just teasing with you a little bit back there. That was a great idea. Some, something else. What's some good things we could replace modern media with? What do we got here? Books. Can I say this? That's a, <laughs> that was brilliant, and that's really good. How many of you, let's just be honest, you don't like reading? You don't like to read, all right? And you may put your hands down. And uh, how many of you say, you know, I kind of like reading, and I kind of enjoy it, and uh, that's pretty good. You may put your hands down. Somebody once said, and I wasn't a big reader until later on in life, and now I, I love to read. It's almost, I would maybe consider it one of my hobbies. Um, but can, can I say this? Uh, Dr. Rasmussen, some of you know not Dr. Rasmussen, he would often say, readers are leaders and leaders are readers. There is something about learning information through the, through the venue of reading that, that it just has an effect on your mind, it has an effect on your brain that really causes you to grow, not just mentally, but it has the opportunity to help you grow spiritually if you're reading the right type of material. And it's, it's, it's a totally different form of learning that has huge implications on a lot of different areas of your life. But can I encourage you this? This summer, you guys will spend a lot of time you know, in front of a television, a lot of time in front of video games. I would encourage every one of you to find a good book. And you say, I hate to read. Here, find a good book on some, on some athlete. There's some awesome books. And if you like sports, then find a book about an athlete. I heard Tim Tebow just came out with a book recently that's supposed to be really good. And some of you guys who like football, and he'll talk some about that. And you can read something regarding something you like. Girls, maybe on this area, you could find a good book, wholesome book that has proper you know, spiritual values. And you could read and replace some of that modern media with reading. What, anything else? Real quick, and we'll be finished. Anything else? All right. Real quickly right here. You could cook, amen. And uh, how many of you would let her cook for you, all right? And that would work. You can make us cookies or something like that, and that would be awesome. And here's what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say, do something with your life. That's what I'm trying to say. Do something. Just do something, okay? And the enemy just wants to waste your life. He just wants you to fritter your life away in front of a cell phone, in front of a TV, in front of a video game, and accomplish nothing. Because it'll give you a feeling, it'll give you an emotion, but you didn't have to work for it, all right? And uh, just think of all the great emotions you could have after you finished baking that dozen cookies. Hey, wouldn't that that feel great, guys? There you did. You finished your thing of cookies, and you're looking, man, I made those cookies and all those. Okay, I'm being stupid, but uh, you say, that would be ridiculous. And, uh, but that, you know, the replacement principle. And uh, secondly, number two, the secret to overcoming it. You need to make a promise to God that when something wicked pops up, you're going to turn it off instantly. There was, a, there was a day where you had to really go looking for wicked stuff. I mean, there was, just, there was a day when if you wanted to see something wicked, you wanted to see something sinful, like you really had to go, you had to go looking for it. And you'd had to go to some kind of, you know, nasty part of town or something like that. And you'd have to go to some back alley and, and to get something bad or something along those lines. Can I say this? That's not the world you guys live in anymore. It just isn't. 
I mean, you guys can be doing something totally wholesome. You could be like checking your email. And all of a sudden, something pops up that's sinful, that's wicked, that's carnal. And, and there was a day where I, would, you know, where I would say, hey, don't go to that part of town, you know. Don't go to that type of store. Now, now I'm just, here's what I'm having to say to you guys. You guys are going to have to build some spiritual fortitude. Because the truth is this. You're doing something totally wholesome. You're just driving down a road. All of a sudden, there's a massive billboard there, you know. It, it wasn't like you were doing something sinful, guys. You know, you're just trying to do something right, and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. And, and so what, I, what you have to learn to do is literally just say, you know what, I'm going to turn it off. If something pops up, I'm going I'm to turn it off. If something comes in my view, I'm at the store, and all of a sudden, some, man, something pops up at, on, a, on, a, on a screen or something. I mean, they're just everywhere. You go to Walmarts now, there's television. It just seems like everywhere there's all this media in front of us all the time, and these, these ads that will pop up all the time in this place and that place. Can I say, you're going to have to have some spiritual fortitude to say, even if my mom's not looking, even if my dad's not looking, even if my youth pastor's not around, I'm going to bounce my eyes. I'm not going to allow myself to focus on that which is carnal, on that which is sinful, and that which could defile my heart. The Bible says it this way in Jeremiah, your eye affects your heart. What you look at affects who you become. What you spend your time focusing on will mold you into the person that you will one day be. And you need to be very careful about what you focus on. You've got to say, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. And that's what we need to do right now. Some of us need to say, I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes. I'm going to make a covenant with my ears. I'm going to make a covenant with my hands that I'm not, going to, I'm not going to push the keys to go to this certain place, you know, and make a covenant. Some, some of us, some of you have texting. I'm telling you what, you need to be careful about who you allow to text you. You say, man, that's so weird. That's so strange. What are you talking about? I'm just talking about, yes, yeah, some of those things, yeah, the texting can be a great tool. But it also can be something that the enemy uses to start to defile your heart. And it's one of the sins of modern media. Just like that story when I was there at the lake and, man, there was that shiny little thing. It was going to be worth three cents. <laughs> man, I'm going to go get that thing. And you start moving in that direction. And before you know it, you're going so fast you can't even stop. And the only way to end is just in havoc. And some of you, if you're not careful, you're, you're 12, 13 years old, you're starting to play around with some stuff right now on your, on your cell phone. You're starting to play around with some stuff when your parents aren't home on the television. Man, you're starting to you know, re- look at magazines that aren't healthy spiritually. And you think, oh, it's no big deal. I'll be able to stop at any time. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't hurt me. I'm here to say this. Before you know it, your feet are going to be moving so fast in that direction. And the only way for it to stop is really for you to have just conflict. To get to a point where you just mess something up big time. But you're, you're at a place where you say, you know, I'm going to stop moving in that direction. That three cent Coca-Cola can, that little pleasure isn't worth the direction that I'm heading stop it now and you're going to say hey I choose I'm going to make a covenant with my eyes I'm going to make a covenant with my ears I'm going to make a covenant with my hands I'm going to make a covenant with those things thank you for listening to this student ministry 127 podcast 
For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.